See Tom Run, a free podcast of the novel by Scott Wittenberg, narrated by the author. For more information on this and other novels by the author, please visit scottwittenberg.com. Chapter 8 Tom's anxiety grew as he neared Manhattan. Night had fallen about halfway through Pennsylvania, and that was intimidating enough. But as he approached the Lincoln Tunnel and got his first glimpse of the Manhattan skyline in over twenty years, he nearly came undone. The famous skyline he had known so well was all but invisible in the misty darkness. Missing were the countless rectangles of light in the towering skyscrapers, the lights tracing the spans of the Hudson and East River bridges, the familiar gleaming stainless steel apex of the Chrysler Building, the illuminated tiers of the Empire State Building, and most apparent of all, the World Trade Center altogether. He hadn't been back since the 9-11 tragedy. In fact, had the skies not just cleared up enough to reveal an amber quarter moon hanging low in the southwest sky, Tom would be unable to make out anything distinguishable from his present perspective. But the weak light afforded by the moon revealed the eerie silhouetted forms of the towering buildings on Manhattan Island. Christ, he breathed out loud into the silent interior of the jeep. It's even worse than I imagined. The skyline disappeared abruptly as Tom made a wide turn and drove past the deserted toll booths. He entered the Lincoln Tunnel and slowed down to a near crawl, still overwhelmed by the scene he had just seen a moment ago. This was simply too much for him to grasp right now. Tom continued letting up on the accelerator until he had almost coasted to a dead stop, trying to ascertain what he might find on the other side of this tunnel. He had just driven ten hours alone on an abandoned highway in search of the only two living souls he had seen since arriving home from the supermarket the day before. And now that he had finally arrived at his questionable destination, he found himself clueless as to what he should do next. He was absolutely terrified. He stared out the headlights as they sliced through the blackness of the tunnel and took a deep breath. What difference did it make? He was here. What had happened had happened, and now he had to do what he had to do to survive. It was as simple as that. This simple rationale rekindled his spirits a bit as he inched his speed up to forty-five and focused on the road ahead. Maybe, he thought, he would see the usual throngs of people on the streets. After all, with a population of over eight million, the odds were certainly greater than anywhere else had been thus far. Surely there would be at least some signs of life. The odds had it, if nothing else. Surely. He spied the exit looming in the near distance. Impulsively, he let off the gas and slowed down to a glorified crawl. By the time he actually emerged from the tunnel, he felt as though he were driving in wet cement. His first observation when he suddenly thrust into the man-made canyons of midtown Manhattan was the near-total darkness and mind-boggling silence. He had never known the city to be dead silent. This, along with the absence of any working lights whatsoever, made it all the more foreboding. Columbus, Ohio was one thing. The desolate mountain highways of Pennsylvania were another thing. But to be in the city that never sleeps and experiencing this was absolutely paralyzing. Tom puttered east along 34th Street with no destination in mind, numb by the silent darkness. 
He spotted the occasional abandoned taxi or truck parked along the curb, but didn't see nearly as many vehicles as he had expected to see. This made the enormous cityscape seem all the more desolate. Nervously, he turned up the volume on his CD player and continued driving east. Ironically, the song playing was Omega Man by the police. When he reached Herald Square, he slowed down to a complete stop directly across from Macy's. Just isn't possible, he thought, to be sitting here in one of the most congested pedestrian venues in the country and not seeing a single soul. He turned down the volume, tentatively rolled down the window a few inches, and listened intently. Not a sound. He turned off the engine. Nothing but dead silence, except for the clicking of the Jeep's hot engine manifold. Tom sighed and turned the key. The engine turned for a moment, but didn't catch. He switched off the headlights and tried again. The starter whined a couple of times and stopped dead. Shit! He tried a couple more times to start the Jeep, but without success. The battery finally became so weak that all he got was the clicking of the solenoid. The Jeep was dead. Excellent. In a semi-panic, he looked around for another mode of transportation. He spotted a couple of cabs parked up ahead near the corner of 6th Avenue. He could only pray that the keys were still in one of them. Tom cursed to himself once more as he fumbled for the flashlight in his duffel bag. He switched it on and stepped out onto the street, thankful it had stopped snowing by the time he had entered New Jersey a few hours ago. Training the flashlight's pinpoint beam along the sidewalk, Tom walked briskly towards the first cab. He heard the sound of his footsteps echo crisply as he glanced at the storefronts along the way. He suddenly stopped dead in his tracks when he noticed the smashed window of an upscale clothing store. Looters? he wondered. If that were the case... It was the first sign of looting he'd seen since this nightmare had begun, which seemed a little odd, he now realized. But at the same time, it was an encouraging sign. It meant that perhaps someone, other than himself, was alive and kicking in Gotham City. Tom walked up to the shattered glass window and shone his flashlight into the store. Nothing seemed to be out of place as far as he could see in the weak light. He wasn't about to go inside to look any further. He continued walking until he came upon the first cab. He tried the door, but it was locked. He shone the light into the front compartment. No keys. Frowning, he ran up to the next cab and discovered that it, too, was locked and keyless. He trained the light up the street and spotted a panel truck parked on the corner of Broadway. He ran over and peered expectantly through the passenger window as he tried the door handle. It worked. He opened the door just as he noticed that the driver's side window was bashed in. Shards of safety glass lying all over the front seat. Another looting? Tom stepped back to read the sign on the side of the white panel truck. Tri-State Heating and Air Conditioning. The address showed a Union City, New Jersey address. Tom hopped into the truck. He shone the flashlight into the glove compartment, which was wide open. Nothing much there, but it was clear that someone had rifled through it. He moved in between the seats and shone the light into the rear compartment. He saw a few Freon gas cylinders, an empty tool belt, what looked like a couple of small air compressors, and a few odds and ends. All of the items had been cased out and shuffled around hastily, or so it appeared. Whatever the thieves had chosen to take was anyone's guess, if they had taken anything at all. But the significant thing was what the broken store window and truck break-in implied. Someone was stalking the streets of New York, and had most likely done so since all of the lunacy had begun. 
which to Tom was a good thing. Could this have been the work of Kyle and Aaron, he thought, or someone else? Tom had a feeling the answer was the latter. It just didn't seem likely that Kyle and Aaron would blow into town only hours ago and randomly elect to break into a store and truck right from the get-go. This had to be the work of someone else, and whoever that was, he hoped to discover. Or did he? Tom realized that the mere presence of another life form here might not be a good thing after all. In fact, it could make his finding Kyle and Aaron that much more difficult, maybe even dangerous, especially if the unknown city stalkers weren't particularly in a hospitable mindset. What he didn't need now was someone standing in the way of his finding Aaron and Kyle. His plan was to save the girl and get the holy hell out of here pronto. His desire to stick around in this skeleton of a city had evaporated a long time ago. Tom hopped out of the truck and pointed his light down Broadway in either direction. He couldn't see any more vehicles within the limited range of the tiny flashlight. He retraced his steps to 6th Avenue and looked north and south, but it was the same story there. Decision time again. He walked back to the Jeep, got in, and stared out at the darkness. Should he continue looking for a vehicle, or stay here and wait until daylight? The prospect of wandering too far from his only sense of security, his faithful but flawed Jeep, wasn't particularly inviting. In fact, it would be foolish to even attempt it. He was dead tired from the drive in spite of the inert adrenaline coursing through his veins. It was dark as pitch, and his only source of light was a piddling two-double-A-cell mini-mag light that was about as effective as a fart in a windstorm. All of this, and the fact that he was scared shitless. The rational thing to do is stay here in the jeep for the night, try to catch a few winks, and resume tomorrow morning in the daylight. At least then he could see what the hell he was doing. His mind made up, Tom cracked the last bottle of spring water, took a slug, and downed a handful of cashews. Feeling his eyelids droop for what had to be the hundredth time since this grueling trip through hell began, he rummaged through the duffel bag for the blanket he'd packed and spread it out over himself. He locked the doors, pulled the recliner lever up, leaned back in the seat, and stretched his legs out until his feet were rested up against the carpeted firewall. Within a minute, he was fast asleep. See Tom Run is copyright 2008 by Scott Wittenberg. If you're enjoying this podcast, please consider purchasing a copy of the book, now available at scottwittenberg.com. Thanks for your support.